From the broadcast booth to a courtside seat to the post-game locker room, nobody's closer to the action than our guys. As we talked to Ian Eagle, who was frozen out of Buffalo over the weekend. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still feeling the effects of it. I got to be honest. It was it was real. Man. It was not that spectacular. This is the press box. Uh, not that spectacular. We, we kind of understand that uh, if you watched Auburn football on Saturday. I can tell you what is spectacular. Those sunglasses from Breakline Optics, they are simply the finest you'll find. Lighter, clearer, stronger than any other sunglasses out there. Backed with the fantastic warranty customer service that Breakline Optics brings to you. Find out more online, breaklineoptics.com. Uh, don't forget, they've got the new retail partners all across the southeast where you can walk in today and walk out with a pair of Breakline Optics sunglasses. That includes Deep South Outfitters in Birmingham. See Rob there or Van Sporting Goods in Coleman if you're headed to Smith Lake. Again, it is Breakline Optics sunglasses. Find them online, breaklineoptics.com. Mike Grace along with J.D. Byers, the voice of the South Alabama Jaguars. We wanted to talk Auburn Tigers, and when we do that, there's no one more qualified, no one we trust more than Jason Caldwell, now in his 23rd year of covering Auburn for Inside the Auburn Tigers, the Alabama Sports Writer of the Year, as named by the National Sports Media Association. And Jason, thanks for being here, man. I know you've seen a lot of Auburn football in your 22-plus years, uh, good and bad. So where does Saturday's performance stack up, sir? Yeah, it, it's obviously not on the good scale, that's for sure. Um, yeah, they did not play very well, uh, really, in any facet of the game. We do a we do an exit survey um, every week after a game, and one of the questions is, is where did this team improve? And I can't find one area where I say, hey, they, they got better in, in, in this area. So um, for me, I'm I'm looking at, at across the board. I mean, special teams, you go, they were solid, but, but, you know, they didn't take a huge jump. They didn't block a punt or return a kick or something like that. You look offensively, um, you know, gave up a ton of pressure all day long, really stopped trying to run the football early in the second quarter, even when the game was still close. Obviously, in the second half, you take that away when you when you get behind so much. And then defensively, you, know, you give up you know a ton of yards rushing, two hundred forty five yards rushing, you know over six yards per carry, um, to a Penn State team that while they're solid, that's not Georgia, and and so um, that's the issue is that I think you're probably you're going to play, I mean Georgia and Alabama, um, maybe Arkansas, heck, who knows Texas A and M LSU. I think Penn State's an eight and four type of team, um, yeah. and so that's the issue for me. Is is that it's going to get tougher than it was Saturday? You were uh, you mentioned a term. I think maybe our our listeners and myself are intrigued to the exit interview or the exit survey. Maybe in the word you said, can you kind of explain that and how that goes down? That's interesting. Yeah, we we own you know there's there's you know myself and Mark Murphy, uh, Nathan King, Philip Marshall um, in there. Um, and then we have a couple, you know, Christian Clemente. So basically what we'll do is Nathan puts together an exit survey every week of like, Hey, what was your top offensive play? Your top defensive play, um, helmet sticker on offense, helmet sticker on defense. And then we, we run down a list of things that we thought were good or bad from the game. And it may be wildly different depending on whose opinion it is. So, so that's something that gives, maybe gives our readers a, an opportunity to kind of, maybe get our take on what we saw from the game. Now on Saturday nights, I'll do my view from the field, being on the field on Saturdays, doing photos. I get a, a different, maybe a different vantage point sometimes. So I'll do that anyway. But then this gives us a chance to, <clears throat> to, to look at it a day later and go, okay. Yeah. You know, 
sit on it for a second and see what you really thought about the game. You mentioned that Auburn undercover staff, and it's just fantastic. What's the consensus among your group regarding the quarterback position? Is it Finley? Is it Ashford? Is it Calzada? Where where does Auburn and Brian Harson go moving forward with the quarterback? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I think it's probably Robbie Ashford for me just because I think they need to have somebody that's a playmaker. Well, we saw the reason why on Saturday. Offensive line's just it's not good enough. And it's the same thing I've been saying for three years, and, and people complained about Bo Nix. And I said, look, he covered up warts. He wasn't the issue. Now, was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But he covered up a lot of the issues for this offense. Well, since he's been gone, you know, this team hasn't won very many games. Um, you know, dating back to his injury last year, now this season, you look at them and and um they haven't they haven't beaten a power five team since Bo Nix got injured. And so you start talking about that going, that's 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 more than just a small sample size now. And I think you know, he he did some of those things and and it covered up some of those issues now. You know, TJ Finley, I thought TJ Finley actually played pretty good Saturday. Um did some good things in the passing game. I just don't know that there's enough explosive potential there for him. Um, but I do think he's a guy that's gotten better. But when you give up pressures on 80% of the snaps that you take, dropping back to pass, um, it comes hey, it comes down to one thing. Same thing when Bo was quarterback, same thing for most teams. If they can't line up and run the football and run it really well, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Waylon Jennings and Jesse Coulter had a song, Storms Never Last. Uh, but I think this we've seen this happen before, Jason, that this week's going to be a tough one for the Auburn program because there's going to be so many pundits, electronic, TV, radio, digital, newsprint, whatever, that's really going to dice this situation up in this loss. Does a win against Missouri get you through the other side of the storm if you're Brian Harson at Auburn football and the interim AD and everything around the department? Or does it take a flat-out 60-point convincing win over Missouri? If it's a close game, does the storm keep going? Uh, basically, uh, for me, I, I just don't think Missouri uh, – I don't think winning and beating Missouri does a whole lot based on – if they were undefeated, if they had gone to Kansas State and won, I mean, you're a 10-point favorite or you were a 10-point favorite. It's probably come down some since then. But you know, this is a Missouri team that went to Kansas State and, and gave up 40, and Kansas State lost at home to Tulane last weekend. Yep. To me, this is just a pressure game again, going, look, this is one you, you got to win. Um, and if you win it, you go, okay, well, that's what you should be doing. And so I don't think it, it really impacts things a whole lot. And hey, here's the thing about this Missouri game. This, and I wrote it this morning a little bit, this is a little bit like a Super Bowl for Missouri. Uh, Eli Drinkwich coached with Brian Harson at Boise State, former Gus Malzahn guy <laughs> who was at Auburn as an off field guy. You got guys like Andy Lutz on the staff, who was Tommy Tuberville's right hand man at Auburn. Al Pogue is, is coaching at you know at Missouri. You got a lot of guys. Hey, Curtis Looper's running backs coach, who was who was at Auburn for a long time. You got a lot of guys that would love nothing better than to walk into Jordan Hare Stadium Saturday and get a win. And so um, for Auburn, it's between a rock and a hard place. You're coming off Penn State, got LSU next week that you always kind of point to. Um, it's a difficult game. Mm, mm, mm. Look, it's unfair to try to compare anybody to Cam Newton. He had one of the most impressive single seasons in college football history wearing an Auburn uniform. 
But T.J. Finley at least fits the mold, 6'7", 250. I keep waiting for him to run over somebody, Jason. Is, is, <laughs> you know, I mean, but he's sliding. And I, and, I, and I understand, you know, protect yourself, I do that. But there's a part of me that says, man, use that frame and take over one of these ball games. And he just hasn't been willing or able to do it as of yet. Yeah, well, there's a reason why everybody keeps – throwing out Cam Newton comparisons and nobody can do it because they're just not they're just not another one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to do it. They tried to do it in Florida to Anthony Richardson and he's not that guy either. Yeah. Um, yeah true. Good point. TJ TJ Finley is a guy that's that's a big athlete, but he's not he's not a guy like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a big athletic guy that was explosive and ran like a defensive back at six six two fifty. You know, you look at, at TJ Finley, TJ Finley is a guy that that is big and athletic like a small forward in basketball 20 years ago. He's not a guy that's an NBA guy, but he's a guy that you could put on a basketball court and go, that guy looks like he belongs. Um, Athletic, smooth, graceful, but not a guy that you look at like Cam going, and that guy's an explosion waiting to happen, and and you could put him at 10 different positions that he could play. Does uh, Brian Harson go to Bruce Pearl and say, "Hey, can you start your season a little early here? Maybe get some distraction?" No, I'm 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 bringing that up not as a tongue in cheek. Maybe I should looking for a laugh. But where does Auburn stand from your knowledge, Jason Caldwell, on the AD search? Is there a timeline that's been revealed? Have they brought candidates in yet? Yeah, nothing. Nothing I'm aware of. I think it's going to take a few months. I, I think if it was going to be really quick, that they would have just kept an acting AD and and gone straight to that. I think by naming. Rich McGlynn as an interim, it's it's what I've been told, which is, hey, this thing's going to take a few months. We're going to take our time, have an exhaustive search, uh, make sure we get exactly the right person in in the mix. And so I think because of that, you know, it's going to be, I would guess, a few months. When, when it went from, you know, Jay Jacobs to Alan Green, it was almost the same thing. It was almost around September. It was yeah. January before. Now, now, Jay didn't, you know, he was still here. But I think it'll be – similar i mean it could be the end of the year but i don't i don't expect this thing to be done here in a few weeks i think this thing is going to take a while as rich mcglynn kind of runs things from the day-to-day operation because of that was that going to help harson in his effort to try to make it through the the entire season i I don't honestly don't know that it really is going to matter one way or another um in terms of you know firing a coach or, or deciding to move on those things can be done no matter really who's involved because you got a president, you got you got all those people in, in place. Now, to hire a next guy, if that were to happen, then that's when you would need an athletic director in place because that's where those things happen then. So what about Arizona State? Do you think Brian Harson's a legitimate candidate for that opening now that Herm Edwards has, has been fired? I don't know. You know how these things work. Normally when, when there's an opening, everybody's name gets thrown into the ring that even has a – any kind of tie-in to it, um, I would imagine he's somebody that uh, that they would probably go, hey, you know, let's let's at least run up the flagpole and see. There's a lot of those names involved um, when these things first happen and they first come out. So, yeah, hey, anything's possible. There's no question about that. When you when we've seen it in in the college college ranks um, nowadays, guys are moving and, and doing things all over the place. Visiting with Jason Caldwell now in his 23rd year covering Auburn for Inside the Auburn Tigers, part of the 247 Sports Network. Find him online at auburnundercover.com and on Twitter, I-T-A-T, that's Inside the Auburn Tigers, I-T-A-T, Jason uh, on Twitter. Uh, how about play calling, usage of your two best players? Coach Harson was certainly questioned about that postgame. Tanks Big, uh, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, all of 14 total carries in the game. 
And I understand that part of that was because they fell behind. But uh, Bigsby had 11 touches out of 74 offensive snaps. And we kind of started with this, uh, Jason, is that when this game was still in, in you know, to be decided, or early uh, second quarter, even early third quarter, uh, Tank just wasn't touching the ball very often. Yeah. Um, you know, Nathan King wrote a, a little something today um, about that and mentioned that, you know, Tank had three carries in Auburn's first six plays. So he carried the ball three times in Auburn's first six plays. They, you know, they had a pretty good drive going. So that means he had six carries the rest of the game. So so three in the first six plays, six carries the rest of the game. Again, when you get to the, about the middle of the second quarter, obviously things change when you get down 24 to six and you, you got to start throwing it. But he did not have a carry in the second quarter. And at halftime, it's 14 to six. And so um, those were opportunities. Now, hey, Jarquez Hunter deserves his touches, and he got some of those in the second quarter as well. But, you know, I mentioned it was the lead to my – my view from the field Saturday is, is, is offensive identity. What is your offensive identity? We've heard got to run the football and you got to be that team. I think if you're Auburn right now, you got to try to run it in shorten games. That's yeah. to me. And it's not, it's not the way to win championships, but I don't think this is a championship team right now, but it may be a way to keep you in football games. And, and right now I think that's what this team has to do is just try to shorten the game as much as possible. I had a really, really weird dream guys last night. I woke up, and uh, this morning, kicking off a week, and Nebraska's no longer a football power. They fired their head coach three games into the season, and they fired their defensive coordinator yesterday. Also in that dream, it, it had Kansas as being 3-0. and <laughs> And then the weirdest part of the dream was Auburn ran off a quarterback that was the son of a legend, and he throws two TD passes and runs for three more in a beatdown of BYU. Uh, that's, no dream. That because, that's no dream. That's no dream. I just say that because hey, Bo Nix was an Auburn Tiger just <laughs> it, uh, just a year ago. It, it's it is the world that we live in in college yeah. sports right now, yeah. um, where you know there's no up or down. Everything yeah. is is a continuous loop, and you're not really sure what to expect. I mean, you look at it. You're you're right. You look at programs in, in Nebraska. I mean. You know, they they get home, they lose at home by Georgia Southern, who gets blasted by UAB the next week. Um, it, it's 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 just a crazy world. Um, and hey, as quickly as you can be, Nebraska and winning national championships. I mean, how long does it take to Tennessee to get back? It, it can it can it can happen in the blink of an eye to a program. Heck, I mean, you know, the the kids that are that are coming out of high school now, they look at Alabama and go, "Well, man, Alabama's won all these national championships forever." Yeah, forever. There was a time in, in, in the nineties and two thousands where that didn't happen. Yeah. And yeah. and they and, and it wasn't the case. And and they went through coaches and they went through those cycles where they weren't very good. Um it doesn't take very long to look up and go, especially in this league nowadays, and in and in the Big Ten, you look and everybody is is putting money in, into facilities. Everybody's putting money into programs and, and you blink your eye and, and you make a misstep or two. And you turn around and and you go from being one of the dogs to hey I need some scraps. Yeah, uh, we were talking last yeah. week about you know Alabama facing ULM again for the first time since Nick Saban's first season, and the fact that again ULM yes did come in and, and beat Nick Saban that year, but also later that year Auburn beat Alabama for the sixth straight time. Uh, and 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 the my thumb. yeah my goodness, uh, times have changed. What about the recruiting trail, uh, Jason? We, we, how how is this impacting Auburn from a from a recruiting standpoint? Yeah, I, I think it's it's carried over from the end of last year. Um, 
the way the season finished and then everything that happened in the off season, I think it's all carried over now and, you know, had this thing about, you know, just watch. That was the kind of the talk coming out. Um, and it was really what, that's what they had to say. You have to say yeah. that because you got to show teams and it, and, and we talked to, to players. We talked to, you know, I think all of our coaches privately were, would say too, Hey, we knew that, Hey, we're going to, have to start fast. You don't have to show them something, give them a lot of momentum. Well, you can still do that. You can, you know, a couple of wins the next two weeks. Go to Georgia, play good, and 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 you can go. Hey, look, it was just an anomaly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. And you can still do some of those things, but you got to respond pretty quickly now after what you put on on, on film on Saturday. It, it seemed like this team's had a pretty good bunker mentality even since the spring when the all the off the field stuff in regards to Harson's job uh, came up. You hope that 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 they're able to keep that bunker mentality and stay together, right? As long as they're together, they got a shot. Yeah, it's easy to do it when it's just you and the locker room, and it's you and workouts, and it's you in the summer. All those things. It's harder and more difficult to do when you start playing games and people and people get to see the fruits of that work. Because for a long time, it's just you. You're just by yourself. There's nobody else involved it becomes more difficult when you start playing football games and, and you're having to, to do those things. Um, this is the, this is this week, JD, you mentioned it. This week is as big a test as they've had, you know, in the, what, you know, 18, 20 months that they've been here. This is yeah. the biggest week that they've had as a group. And yeah. these players have had, you know, they've had some difficulties. They like, you know, coaching changes, all those things coming off a game like that at home. Um, Cause last year, even even the Georgia game wasn't like that until late, but that was Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Um, they haven't had one of those games, and and they had one at home against Penn State on Saturday. How do you respond now? It's another one of those early games, an 11 a.m. start on on ESPN for Missouri at Auburn this weekend. Jason, thanks so much for the time, man. We we can't again thank you enough. You're the, you're the guy we wanted to talk to today. Did I get yeah. it all right? AuburnUndercover.com, best place to find you and your guys' work. Yeah. That's it. AuburnUndercover.com will get you there. AUTigers.com will get you there. Uh, part of the 24-7 network. And you can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. And podcast galore. You guys do several different podcasts, do you not? Yeah. Uh, podcast, video. You know, uh, you got to do a little bit of everything nowadays, so you can find it all there. It is great. Jason, thanks so much for the time, man. We wish you the best. And uh, good Thank luck. You. Good luck this week as things progress towards the Missouri yeah, game. Thanks, okay? guys. Appreciate it. Jason Caldwell, again with us. AuburnUndercover.com. Just fantastic stuff. And, J.D., that's the guy, as I said, I, when, when we decided we wanted to talk Auburn and obviously what else we're going to talk about today. Jason was the guy to talk about. Level-headed, um, uh, straightforward, going to give you an honest opinion. Very and, objective. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and when he says it's opinion, he says it's opinion. Because yeah, exactly. he says to yeah. me, but I do value his opinion because uh, he feels as embedded as anybody on the planes that's not actually part of the administration. Well, he's been there before. I and mean, he doesn't have an extra grind. He just called. No, exactly. I mean, he's seen it all. He he was there for Jetgate. I mean, way back when in 2003, he's seen all of that in his 22-plus years. So just nobody better that I could think of to talk to us about the Auburn Tigers and Brian Harson's future. Our thanks again to Jason Caldwell. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at PressBoxRadio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox.